For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Today, I'm pleased to have Xiaoyi Fan, Regents Professor in Astronomy, with us. Welcome, Xiaoyi. Good to see you. Xiaoyi and his colleagues study very early events in the formation of the universe. Generally, what do you look for when you look out at the edges of the observable universe? So this kind of objects that we study uh, are something called quasars. Uh, these are objects that are basically galaxies anchored by a very massive black hole at its centers. Uh, these black holes are about, say, between a million and sometimes a few billion solar masses, mass of the sun. Um, the way it works is that these black holes are so powerful, their gravitational force is so big, uh, that they suck very hot gas and dust into it. And in that process, gravitational energy gets converted into kinetic energy or into heat, into radiation. Because the objects are moving so fast? Yes, because they're spiraling so fast, basically friction. Because of the huge amount of energy getting converted, they become very, very bright. You will think black holes are black, but surrounding the black holes, these are very, very bright radiations. So you can see these objects uh, literally across the universe. These are some of the most luminous, brightest objects that you can see that people know. We've been finding objects that are more than 13 billion light years away. So they are, when we see their lights, they are 13 billion years ago. And for reference, the age of the universe is 13.7, 30.8 billion years. So the years. Big Bang was... So it's right after the Big Bang by astronomical standards. That's just incredible. So it's because of their brightness that you can look that far back in time. That distance means that the light left the quasar that many billion years ago, and you can, and you can detect it. And because it's traveled so far and was from so long ago, you can use them to study the history of the universe, to study what happened between when the light got out until when we received them on the Earth 13 billion years later. It's hard to even imagine. So you've told me that you've discovered a huge, giant black hole that you reported in Nature not too long ago um, that you had ignored, basically, without realizing it for a number of years. Can you tell us that story? Right. So this is an object we discovered a couple of years ago. My colleague and I um, was very bright and powered by a 10 billion solar mass black hole. That is about 13 billion light years away. So it's the most massive, the biggest of these black holes that people know at that time. Uh, it actually was so bright that we completely didn't expect those things to exist. So what happened was this object was in our database uh, for six, seven years already. And our automated algorithm just didn't pick it because it was too bright. We never thought it would be possible that the universe was so young, uh, and you still have this very, very massive, very luminous object. It was until a new grad student began to write his own algorithm, and obviously um, he didn't know even that we were not supposed to look at objects that bright. So he found it, um, and it was actually an interesting lesson to both him and to us that uh, essentially our knowledge of, of these things are so limited that there are always uh, these unex completely unexpected discoveries. And so how do you explore how that might have happened? You're saying it's something different. How do you explore that? So I think the best way to do it is actually to go even further, to look even further away. We're quite, we think we're quite close to the edge to when the first generation of these objects begin to show up. But just by pushing another, say, a few hundred million years 
um, earlier and actually go deeper to find some of the smaller ones, we probably can pinpoint when these objects actually first show up. Clearly, we have not found the first one yet because it's already, already too big, it's already so big. Uh, so by looking further away, looking deeper into space, we can find, hopefully, not the first, but at least the very first generation of smaller ones to tell us how exactly how they form and how and they grow. And then how will you know when you've seen the first one? How we, will you know when you've gone so far back in time that you are seeing essentially the creation of the universe? Well, essentially, we, when we run out of space in the sense that if our telescope is so powerful that it can detect all these objects, um, and we have looked at enough sky that we should have found one, and we couldn't. That basically means we are running out of it. In this case, uh, we cannot find further um, objects anymore than we can say that, well, we're looking at sort of the earliest, the first light in the universe. Listen to this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.